On today's show, I'm going to break down a few stuff within the NBA. I'm going to break down specifically what Jokic leading the NBA and assists means for the NBA and their future. I'm going to break down basically how the packed season can't be really attributed to COVID and that more of their problems stem from Bill Belichick and the management and also the fact that Tom Brady isn't there. I'm also going to break down a little bit about the Brooklyn Nets, talk about how this load management process throughout the entire NBA does not lead to championships. And all that stuff will be coming up on this edition of the Shred Takes podcast show. Welcome back to the show. So when I, when I think about the NFL, I think about management, how they're coached, and the talent you put on the, on the field and how they work together. In terms of the Patriots, I look directly at a lack of talents and a lot of excuses. Why, why a lot of excuses? Well, it's pretty simple why we look at a lot of excuses. I just did a podcast with some friends of mine recently, and Look, they're going to defend their team the way they want to. But if you watch that previous podcast, which I encourage you guys to do, they attributed to COVID and the fact that they had guys out due to the fact that they didn't want to play during COVID. The, the, the Pats have been bad talent-wise for about two years. They were 12-4 and four last year, but they were very untalented. They lived off their defense. And Tom Brady's, you know, pretty decent decision-making, even though he wasn't exceptional last year. He had no one to throw to Okay, so look, we can make those excuses. Why are they actually terrible? Last night, they lost 38 to nine. And Josh Allen looks like the next coming of Joe Montana last night. Now, Josh Allen's an elite level quarterback this year. And I don't think there's any doubting that. However, you can look at the Patriots and in, in predicated down to one thing. Why do they not do well? Management specifically. Why management? Well, I'm actually going to put Bill Belichick in that. Bill Belichick is responsible for why the Pats are not that good. He needs to give ownership over to someone else who can make those personal decisions. If I have one Pro Bowl skill player in the last 10 years, that was Gronkowski. Haven't had one since. Why do you think that is? Because they don't recruit talent. They rely on what Tom Brady and the system can produce. Now, is Belichick and Brady equally responsible for why the Pats were really good? Yes, absolutely. But Josh McDaniels, for people saying that he's this unbelievably skilled offensive coordinator who can do all these great things. Yeah, he's a good offensive coordinator. But when he was a head coach in Denver, they were 20th and 19th in, in offense and were had a combined 11 and 17 record in those two years. So what are the Pats? A team with... Poor talent and lots of excuses. Oh, Camden hasn't been the same since COVID. Oh, Camden can't do this. You know, it, it's just a fluke year. Well, Camden wasn't good a couple of years previous to that. And I hate to say, if, if, it, if he's having problems, why is a guy like Tua not having problems? Why is Justin Herbert not having issues? Why was Joe Burrow not having any issues before he unfortunately towards ACL? Why is Tom Brady starting to figure out how to play the Buccaneers with playing in a new system? We look at all this. We make excuses for why people don't do well, right? 
And it doesn't bring me any pleasure in saying this. Cam Newton actually will be a Hall of Fame quarterback, I hope. Right? He's an incredible player when he was in his prime. Incredible athlete, can do a lot of things. It's just not a fit. They don't have the weapons. They don't have the right Cam Newton to figure it out. They don't have the right pieces. They have a better offensive line than last year, and they were 12-4. and four. So people looking and saying that Brady is not really responsible for how they did well, look at the records this year. And I'm just going to pull up some stuff for you. Cam Newton's 29th in total QBR. 29th, right? So what does that tell you? Basically the fact that hmm, Cam Newton is not what you think he is, and he doesn't fit in the system, right? Doesn't fit there. You can't use him properly. Also, the fact that the last three games, he's had a QBR of 40, 27, and 2.7. Now, what does that tell me? Yeah, he's not, he's not the quarterback that you, that you once thought he was, right? Let's compare it to Tom Brady, who's ninth in total QBR this year. He's fifth in total yards. He has the fourth most touchdowns in the NFL, and he's probably going to end the season somewhere around probably 38 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and again, a top 10 in the league. QBR. Tell me I'm wrong here, but is Brady just not great wherever he is? Now, is that not taking anything from away from Belichick? No. But saying that Josh McDaniels has contributed to the fact that Brady's his all-time quarterback, no. They, they equally contributed, and Brady's intelligence helped that happen. That's why the Pats are not as good. They don't have talent, and their management decisions, drafting players, has been not good for the past decade. And they've been lucky that they've had the experienced players to get them through those tough times and the good defense to help them win some games. But people saying that Brady wasn't responsible don't really know what they're talking about because Brady is, even though we've talked about all these problems with Brady and Tampa Bay, which there have been problems right between him and Bruce Arians figuring it out. They haven't always clicked correctly. People are all saying that. And if you gave me those statistics, I would say I would take that quarterback end of the week. And Tom Brady, again, is showing great, Another great season again at 43 years old. 43. Think about that. 43 years old. He's throwing the fifth most yards in the NFL, fourth most touchdowns as the ninth rated QBR. Right? Contrary to Cam Newton, what does he did? 26th in total yardage, 34th in touchdowns, 24th in interception, and 29th in total QBR. And again, like I just said, right? 48 QBR last night, 25 the week before. And two against the Rams. It's not that hard to tell. The Pats just aren't that good. So people saying it's a COVID season, no, it's not. The Pats just simply don't have the right pieces because of their management. They weren't prepared to be a playoff team this year. And Ken Newton, unfortunately, he needs those weapons. He needs those deep threats. That's kind of who he is. And unfortunately, he would do whatever. He's not the same player he once was. And hopefully he can figure that out because I think he's too talented to just be put to waste. Dwayne Haskins. Talk about excuses, right? We talk, I've talked about many times about holding players accountable, having a high level of tolerance for, their, their, for players off the court, off the field shenanigans. James Harden comes to mind, right? Going to strip clubs, going to parties, no mask, right? But again, the first two, again, he's leading the league in, in scoring and he's second assists. Now, I still think James Harden should be more held more accountable for those actions than just a $50,000 fine because it doesn't set a good message to the team. But there will be people who will put up with that because his stats are so good, even though he doesn't win. Dwayne Haskins is, is not the exception to that rule because 
Here's the problem. He didn't produce, right? Didn't. Three and 10 record as a starter, 12 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, not really showing a whole lot. He had some promise, but let's look at this, him overall, right? When Case Keenum was the starter this rookie year, he was on the other side of the bench laughing and joking not really seeming to care. Look, that might not be what he, his attention was, but that's what reports were saying, right? And I'm just basing this off of what reports were saying. And then also now, you're, you know, you're, for a girlfriend's party, you're, you're having strippers over and, and going all this kind of stuff with no mask. And then you don't, and then you turn the ball over three times against Carolina in a pivotal game to get you in the playoffs, right? With all that potential, all that promise, all that opportunity for him to get let go is just, it shows an underlining bigger cause because if he was so good, they would have put up with that. So it's not good. And I feel bad for, you know, I hope Dwayne Haskins gets another chance. I hope he learns from his mistakes, but it's, it's, that's, that's, that's the business of professional sports. You got to go produce. You got to hold everyone into a right example. And if you're a young guy that's playing behind someone else, you got to learn from them, be a student of the game, understand. And then look, if you want to go out and have fun, no problem. Like I'm not saying you can't go out and have fun, but my thing is saying you got to have a set of rules and maturity about you in order to last with a team and have them trust you because they're looking to produce the best product in the field. They're not always caring about your brand necessarily. So that's kind of where I go with all of that. Now, the last thing I kind of want to, well, I'm going to go into the NBA now. And on the next segment of the show, I'm going to break down the Lakers lost to the Trailblazers, the Brooklyn Nets, Jokic leading the league in assists. And again, like I just mentioned, the thing with James Harden, why people can still put up with him, even though I can't, despite the fact that he is just running around partying and all that kind of stuff. So that will be on the next segment of the show. And I'm excited for you guys to listen to that segment. So the Los Angeles Lakers, everyone is freaking out about how the fact that the Lakers are two and two, right? And me, I, I don't think they look great right now, right? But this NBA season has been very poor so far. I, I, I think it has not been very good at all, right? I went back to the Christmas Day games, how they've been we're really, really poor this year with actually, I think, some good games. And if you look at the Lakers last night, what does it come down to for the Los Angeles Lakers? Bench production and limiting your turnovers and making free throws. Well, last night they turned the ball over way, way, way too much. And if you look at the Lakers, and I'm going to look at that and tell you basically what I see from the Lakers. What I see from the Lakers is a team that is getting back in the swing of things but I'm not going to make excuses for their poor play, right? Their, their, their play is unacceptable, right? That you shouldn't be losing to Portland, but you, you can't be freaking out, so to speak, right? Turn the ball over 14 times to Portland's nine, right? Look, they shot 83% from the free throw line, which is good. Again, you can live off that. But when Anthony Davis only shoots the ball 14 times a game in that game, right? When the bench doesn't show up, when you're getting out-rebounded by the Portland Trailblazers, that's stuff that's not going to allow you to really set up for success moving forward. And that's all I kind of go with the Lakers, right? Will they still be, I think, a championship level team at the end of the day? Yes, right? I'm not freaking out like these other guys are. I think that do they just have some problems that they need to fix. And I think the Lakers are going to be fine. But I think it's just a level of urgency they didn't have last night. I think the bench needs to produce a little bit more. But I like Montrez Harrell. I think he's going to be fine. But Kuzma is really the problem. Kuzma's very inconsistent. That's why they signed him to a 
shorter deal than some other guys because of his in level of inconsistency. They're hoping that he can produce, but he has games where he has 29 against Minnesota, and then he only has six last night, right? No rebounds, no assists, three fouls. I mean, he, that, again, he's got to do more, right? LeBron James had a very good game last night for, for his standards, right? 29 points, and he had 13 in the fourth quarter. Now, look, he didn't make two pivotal threes, and you'll see that on, you know, probably Skip Bayless's Undisputed Network. But one thing I'll say is the other guys had to produce a little bit more. They had 22 total fourth quarter points. LeBron had 13 of those. Anthony Davis has to be more aggressive when he's getting guarded by Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic. He has to. In order for the Lakers to be that team they were last year, Anthony Davis took over when LeBron, you know, was still going off. But Anthony Davis also was, you know, complimenting him really well. If LeBron 29, AD would also get like 30 or something like that as well to offset that. And I think they, they'll get back in the swing of things, but they did look like a little bit like what Frank Vogel said, stuck in the mud. But for Portland, this is a big win for them, obviously, early in the season. You know, I like the way they played. I think the fact that, you know, Gary Trent showed some promise is important. I, I do like what Yusuf Nurkic can bring to the table in terms of 10 points, 10, 12 rebounds. I think Derek Jones is an athletic body. I like Robert Covington. McCollum's good. I think they actually have a good team. I think they, but they're not a contender because I don't think they defend well enough, right? Just because they beat the Lakers is not really a, a huge deal to me because even though it's a big win for them because it gives a confidence booster, for the Lakers, it's not really that big of a deal because I think the Lakers are going to figure it out. Now, if this is an, an ongoing trend for the Lakers, then we can show concern. Sportsbooks but free first. I think that there's problems, especially with what the Lakers can do if they are not rebounding at a high level and if Anthony Davis is not being aggressive enough. So that's where I go with the Lakers in that, in that point. Now, the Brooklyn Nets, no one's talking about how the fact of the softness of load management, right? The load management whole thing, I think, is ridiculous. And it's because you are, fans are paying and people are paying money to have a product on the court that is worth watching. And when you're load managing players by having them rest games and not play, that doesn't always, uh, yeah, so that affects fans, right? And people are like, oh, well, screw the fans. And no one really likes the fans anyway. Like, who cares for the player's point? But my point is saying, if you're going to play eight in the NBA and you get 82 games or 72 games, if you're healthy and ready to go, you should play, right? And that's really important, right? You can do what LeBron's doing. You can play less minutes to manage your body a little bit, but you should be playing every game. Also, from a chemistry standpoint, that doesn't look good, right? And I'm talking specifically about the Brooklyn Nets and KD and Kyrie sitting out their game yesterday. Again, we all make excuses, right? This is the show's theme today is excuses, right? Oh, well, you know, you got to have them be ready for the playoffs. Oh, well, you know, KD came off an Achilles injury. Well, then if KD can't play a full season, maybe you have to shorten the games. Maybe you shouldn't play, right? And then, oh, yeah, we can beat Memphis. Well, you didn't beat Memphis. That's the problem. You didn't beat Memphis. With Katie and Kyrie, I think you would have beaten Memphis, right? That's the problem, right? John Moran has the right to sit out because he hurt his hamstring or ankle, whatever it was. But for Katie and Kyrie to sit out, this is the problem with the Clippers last year. You sit them out. It looks like a prima donna you know, way of doing things. It looks like these guys have their way or the highway over other players. And it just doesn't look good overall for building team chemistry, for trusting in, in those guys as leaders. If they're just going to sit out and, 
not play against teams that they know they could beat. That's just, that's not good. Okay. Especially you lost to Charlotte team. You should never lose to because you don't play defense and you don't come out of level of urgency. You lose last night because Katie and Kyrie decided to sit out and don't do, and you know, not play leaving more honest to guys like Chris Chioza, Joe Harris, Karis LeVert to do stuff, right? You already don't have Dinwiddie because it's partially torn ACL. So I don't really know what Katie and Kyrie think they're getting out of this from a leadership standpoint by just sitting out of the game, right? That just doesn't look good, especially when you lose, right? That's just not a good way to do things, right? Because then you're going to get to the playoffs and that's the, it doesn't build a championship level mentality or sort of chemistry, right? The reason why the Lakers were good is because the Lakers didn't have guys a lot of times sitting out games, right? Because LeBron would sit out games more because of his groin, right? Because his groin was sore and he had groin injuries in the past. Right. But look at the Clippers last year. Right, They had multiple load management games where Kawhi was perfectly fine and they couldn't play. Right. And this is just the problem with what this load management policy is not allowing players to go on the court because they want to rest. That's ridiculous. And I think everyone who kind of, you know, has a competitive edge should understand that load management is ridiculous and allowing players just to rest against teams that just aren't good. I, I don't really understand that at all. And that's kind of where I go with the load management kind of issue. Now on a more positive topic, let's talk about getting your teammates better, right? We think of guys like LeBron, Magic Johnson, Luka Doncic, right? The, you know, we can think about also guys like Oscar Robinson, Steve Nash, right? Guys who, you know, went out of their way to get their teammates involved. How many centers do we think about that with? Not many. Kim Elijah maybe is one, right? Guys, teammates a little bit better, right? Play defense. But Nikola Jokic, what he is doing through three games is pretty unbelievable. He's leading the league in assists with 14 assists a game. He's averaging a triple-double. And he's doing what people think a guy like Westbrook would be doing right now. And Westbrook is averaging a triple-double, basically. But that would make more sense if it was Westbrook. But the fact that it's Nikola Jokic, a seven-foot center, leading his team in assists. He hit 18 against Houston yesterday. Shows you what Jokic is. And for people who think Jokic could be MVP this year, there, there's definitely a chance of that. He continues to play well, and they continue to win games. They start to get in a little winning streak right now. Because losing to the Kings and losing to the Clippers, the Clippers, I, I understand. But losing to the Kings, not a great look. But then look where they beat Houston last night, right? And I think that's the way you figure it out with Jokic. Look at Jokic. Look at what he does. And I think the fact that he's leading the league in assists is a great precedent for what centers can do. Centers can control games, right? If they're able to handle the ball, they're able to stretch the court, they're able to be intelligent, have a good IQ, they can, they can you know, lead the league in assists. And that's what Jokic does. He's a good post player. He can handle the ball a little bit, right? He, you know, he can shoot the three. He's, he's a lot quicker now. He's a very smart player. He knows how to, you know, pass out double teams. And, and again, leading the league in assists. That's incredible, right? Especially for a center. That's even probably even more incredible than what LeBron did at 35 because Jokic is a center. That's just what is more because a lot of centers struggle with being efficient passers because that's not really what their, their nature is growing up as a center, right? And that's just kind of why I'm so impressed by what Jokic is doing. And for Denver to be successful, let's just look at it, right? Denver is one and two, but they still have Jamal Murray, right? They have a good talented pieces around them, right, with Jokic. And the fact that he's leading this league in assists, if he can continue this pace, 
why can't he win MVP if they have a great record, right? He's just, he's doing something that hasn't been really seen before by a center. It's unbelievable what he's doing. Last thing I want to talk about. So I've been very hard on James Harden on the show. Sense of like, you know, you should be holding a better example for yourself, right? That the, the Rockets shouldn't be catering to you, that the Rockets should say no to any sort of you moves for you trade-wise. And the one thing I'll say is I, I'm going to stick by the position, even with how great he started off his first two games. He's averaging 39 points a game and 12 and a half assists, right? People are looking at that. Oh, second, and he's first in PER. Well, you know, you should be able to put his shenanigans because he's just producing. But here's the thing. He produces, then he gets the playoffs, and he flames out again, right? We've seen this story before, right? Just because you can score a lot of points and pass the ball doesn't mean you're going to be a winner. That team's not winning a championship, right? And he's not a leader. He's not going out there and holding a good example for the other guys in the team by going to strip clubs and not wearing a mask and all that kind of stuff, right? It, look, this wouldn't be a big deal if it wasn't COVID rules and the protocol developed by the NBA, right? The problem is he's just going out there. He's not holding the right example. He's getting caught in public and he's denying it and then saying, you know, I'm focused on basketball, right? Yeah, but I mean, everyone knows he can go score 40 points. That's not the, that's not the point. The point is having a good accountable leadership. And that's where I go with James Harden, right? Despite the fact that he's doing great this year and, I, you know, that's, that's good to see. His leadership and the what he does, does off the court isn't good. And there needs to be some more repercussions, it, you know, for his actions. He can't just get away with it because $50,000, that's an easy pay for payment for him. That's very easy for him. He, he makes $40 million a year. That's the point I want to say about James Harden. Even though he's doing what he's supposed to be doing as a player, in terms of on the court, off the court, he's got to be a better leader. And that's why I think the Rockets will never win a championship as long as he's there. And I don't think they should trade him because – a lot of teams won't take him. I would never trade him to Brooklyn. I would net Portland. He was, you know, denied a trade from him, right? Philadelphia, I probably wouldn't even put James Harden in that situation, to be honest. I don't think he's going to, I mean, he'll make them a little better, but they're not going to win a championship with Philly. That's where I kind of feel with all that kind of stuff, right? And that's kind of the problem with James Harden overall as a player. And that's really where I go with all this kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, that's what I think is important. So that concludes the show. And I encourage you guys to view this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you view podcasts. And also check out some clips uploaded to the YouTube channel as well. I will be back on next week. And I appreciate you guys tuning into the show. Thank you.